today we're going to talk about the end times. <laughs> I knew naturally that laugh would come out of him. Uh, and we're going to talk about it because Jesus talked about it. But we're going to talk about it in a different way. Because whenever the end times comes up today, it's always the crazies. It's always like just insanity or some but 666 kind of, Jamin I know but 666 Jamin it's all these theories and turning scripture into Mark of the Beast numerology some people will take the scriptures and like basically throw a witchcraft spin on it okay there I said it <laughs> and what I mean by that is like numerology well numerology and all these different kinds of like fanciful interpretations like they create Intense fear and anxiety. People have done crazy things in the name of end times theories. I believe there was like a family that basically just killed themselves so that they wouldn't have to go through like the the end times that were supposed to start on May whatever on this day. It's like we don't want to be here when it happens, so we're all gonna do this pack together. Like it's it's just this is what I'm talking about. Does That's that, just weird. Does that sound Jesus-y? No. No, it sounds like straight up satanic so like i don't have a lot of positive feelings <laughs> when it comes to all the end time stuff out there uh um, death and destruction and casey and i remember the last time the end times happened 2012 2011 it was on our wait did you when did you graduate you graduated 2010, right. Yeah. I was there for the extra year, and my graduation date was supposed to be the end of the world. <laughs> I still remember the... Um, I actually went to that graduation. The speaker yeah. and got on stage like, well, we're all still here. <laughs> but, like, the end of the world has been, like... Because wasn't it, like, moved back to week two, so it would be on that yeah, date specifically? Yeah, yeah. It, just kept, it keeps getting moved, which is ridiculous. Like there, was, I, there was a sickness that went through, and they got postponed a week. Yeah. Or whatever, Yeah. Yeah, we, our whole school had to cancel graduation. It wasn't Corona, but it was something else that the whole school went through. Look at that. History repeats itself. Yeah. What are you laughing like about? the episode of Parks and Rec where there's the, the, the group, the weird cult church comes in. Oh, They're yeah. like, oh, yeah, we need the park for this day because the world is ending and we need to do our celebration. And she's like, oh, actually, someone else hasn't rented for that day. And he's like... Oh, actually, I meant the week after that. <laughs> but that's what they sure. do. And it drives me nuts. Like, have you seen those kind of articles? Like, there's always just one guy, usually some some random guy who's just like, this is when the end of the world's happening. And they're always wrong. They have always been wrong. For 2,000 years, they have been wrong. 2,000 years. But the next one's going to be right, Jamin. Why? Why would the next one be right? Because, because Jesus... Random probability. Jesus himself... It has said to be right at some point. Jesus himself said... And that's the problem, though. <laughs> that's mean, the problem. Someone is finally going to be right because someone finally has to be right. <laughs> but, I mean... Come on, I'm, the world was supposed to end in 2012, right? But think about that was it. one of the times. Think about it. Has the world felt right since 2012? I mean, at some points, yeah. What are you trying to? What are you? Are you the? Are you the person I'm speaking against right now? <laughs> I'm just. Uh, it's a joke. <laughs> well, I mean, if if I was just to rewind through my life, I could give you several different 
signs I've seen on churches or or yeah, some Y2K new was theory. a big thing. Y2K is the end of the world because God works in, in our perfect number. Like 2000, that's a big one. It's got to be the end, right? <laughs> well, and all computers were going to start Armageddon because they wouldn't be able to figure out right, <laughs> more than two digits of a year. Yeah. So, well, okay, so let's back up first and, and let's let's say this. First off, Revelation is referring to its own time for the most part. It is referring beyond itself. It's talking about what is to come, but it's also referring a lot to their current culture, the things that are happening, so much so that, again, we've talked about it before, but 666 was a number John wrote expecting that his audience knew what he meant by that because even in the writing, he's just like, find someone with wisdom to figure this out. Like, it's a clue. It's a... It's an encryption. You know, if I put a password on a document because I only want some people to see it, that's what he's doing. He's like, I can't write this one straight. So 666, someone at your church knows what I mean. Find someone who's wise. They'll figure it out. Which, in my opinion, was probably uh, they were talking about Nero Caesar at the time. Um, and they were just finding a way to say his name without saying it straight so that, you know, the church doesn't get in trouble for insulting Nero and their letters that they're passing around everywhere so that would be like one instance of look how we take something that was supposed to make sense in their time and then just throw it out throughout the rest of the world does it have to be nero no not necessarily but it was something that they understood and john was john was clear about that so when we make 666 out to be everything today we misunderstand it because this this sounds weird to us a lot of times but they thought the end of the world was then, like it was coming soon. And this is partially because Jesus himself, which is what we're going to look at today, says, I'll be back within a generation. 2,000 years ago. 2,000 years ago, right? It's been a couple generations. It's been quite a few generations. I mean, it depends how long is a generation. I mean, if we're using just like 70-ish years by their standards-ish, then, you know, Isn't that 2,000 much divided than a generation? by 70. And this is where people go into like deeper things like, like there's a passage about, well, one year with God is like... <laughs> a thousand of Yeah, us. So, now, so now people will take that and be like, all right, new math, spirit math, here we go. A thousand times... Spirit math? I'm just, this is, this is the kind of... Wait, wait what, people what is spirit math? If if in the spirit realm for God, one year is like a thousand, then any math we're going to do... So, so wait, is this like, is this like Time Lord math? 70,000 years. No, we, you're getting into nerd stuff. I'm talking about... <laughs> well, yeah, I'm talking about <laughs> spirit math. Spirit nerd stuff. Okay, I see how it is. <laughs> Anyways, this this was the problem. Jesus said that he'd be back for the generation was over, and he wasn't. Now, in the same breath, he also said, I don't know when I'm coming back. Only God knows when I'm coming back. Even angels don't know when I'm coming back. No spiritual being, no human being knows when I'm coming back. So first off, to all you human beings who keep saying you know when he's coming back. You week, don't. You don't, because Jesus himself didn't. Angels themselves don't know. And beings who are privy to more information than us have no idea. Only God himself, only the Father, knows when he's coming back. 
Jesus thought it'd be 70 years. It was not. Uh, Plus or though, minus 2,000 years. Though here is the thing. Everything else that he talked about happening did happen. So there's going to be earthquakes. There's going to be rumors of war. There's going to be all kinds of things. And a lot of that happened. Uh, the temple will be destroyed. It was destroyed. Uh, like much of what Jesus said was happening. So that's all the more reason that the early church is like getting ready for the end, you know, because like Jesus prophesied all this stuff was going to happen. We're seeing it everywhere and it keeps on happening. Now, where is he? We're waiting for that part. Uh, and when you get to, I think it's Peter. Well, in Second Peter 3, which was one of the later written documents in our Bible, like that generation starting to die. Like, they're like, hey, <laughs> Jesus said he was coming back before we died. What's going on, Peter? And Peter's response to that is, do not overlook this fact, beloved, that with the Lord, one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. So, like, first off, he is giving, like, some kind of spirit explanation. Mm. It's not meant to be calculated. It's just more like... God is patient. Time to him is different than it is to us. So it's wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey. Sure. But this is Peter's response to that generation dying. Like, let me let me talk into that. And then he goes on. The Lord's not slow to fulfill his promises. Some count of slowness, but is patient towards you. Not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. So he has a lesson in this as well. Why hasn't God shown up in the time that we thought he'd shown up? Well, he's just really graceful and wants more people to be saved. So these are good responses. He then says, But the day of the Lord will come like a thief, which again, if you know the exact time and date when he's returning, you don't know how thieves work. Uh, I feel like I'm being vicious today. <laughs> and then the heavens will pass away with a roar and heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved. In other words... All the stars and everything will just go, because that's what Jesus was wait, talking wait, about. What was it go like? Okay. Jesus talks. Jesus said, you know, like everything's just gonna like it'll it'll all be done away with. But for him, that means something more because heavenly bodies they thought were like spiritual entities. So he's kind of saying like God's gonna overthrow just everything and and start fresh. The end of the world will come and. And what God wants to be put in place will be put in place. Um, but also going on a funny point, how do thieves work, Jamin? They don't come when you expect them, Casey. Mm. That was my point. Oh, okay. Uh, my heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved, and the earth and the works that are done on it will be exposed. So he gives this whole thing about like, yeah, where is where is Jesus? People keep asking. Well, he's not coming on the, the length that we thought he would be coming on. But that doesn't mean he's not coming back. So, what you're saying is, 2012, he's coming back to next year because it's 2021. And those are the same numbers as 2012. So, therefore... Every time you talk in this episode, I'm just going to put a beep all the way through it. Because <laughs> it's pure nonsense! <laughs> but, so... But that makes sense, right? No. What, what do we do with the fact that uh, Jesus said that he would be back in 70 years and wasn't? People have a lot of ways of working through this. What are some of the ways that you've heard or that you've worked through it in your life without stealing mine, if you know what I'm going to say? 
<laughs> well, I think um, Jesus laid out a lot of facts on what was going to happen. You know, like you said, like the temple was going to fall and all the things that were going to happen. And then he said, now I don't know when I'm coming back, but I think it'll be a generation. It's, it's Jesus' guess. He doesn't know. He doesn't feel the need to know. So he gives them a guess. Okay, so you would say that he's giving more of an estimation since he does say that I don't know when it's going to be. Uh, people who wouldn't want to go that route would say um, that Jesus didn't seem like he was just guessing. He did seem pretty intent. So in Mark 13, he says, Truly I say to you, this generation will not pass away until all these things take place. <laughs> so there is. he does seem pretty intent on, like, this isn't my best guess. This is expectation. Um, so, but yeah, some... Uh, you might take a route where you say, well, it's just a best guess. Uh, what else would have you heard or would you go with? I mean, I, at this point, I don't even know. I would, I'd most likely say it's going to be tomorrow because then it might not happen tomorrow. Trying to implement oh, the rules. Know. I've heard of people, kids usually, kids who wake up like, I don't want the world to end today. So if I say Jesus is coming back today, he won't because then I knew he was coming back and he can't come when I know. Right. Yeah. Oh no, that's what's been happening every day since. <laughs> Dang it. Some kid somewhere for 2,000 years has been doing that exact thing. There we go. We solved the Bible, everybody. We. <laughs> Uh, people like C.S. Lewis, he just like, ah, some scribe when he was writing right here just interjected, I'll be back in a generation. And like C.S. Lewis is trying to pin it on some scribe error who got too overly zealous. I don't think we need to go that route because I don't know that there's biblical evidence between manuscripts that that happened. Um, though some people would go that route. Some people would say that Jesus did come back in a generation. <laughs> <laughs> and we're all in the end times. Well, we've always been in the end times. So from a biblical perspective, when Jesus was resurrected, the end times began. Re it's the final phase of spiritual existence. Jesus has already conquered. Jesus has already won. Mm -hmm. So the end times are here. They're the final moment. There's nothing left to happen from God's side other than the coming and taking the earth. So like... Yeah, this is the end times. So when everyone's like, we're living in the end times, I'm like, yeah, I know. It's We've been here for a while, man. <laughs> it's like, we've been here for 2,000 years. Because the Bible writers write that, like, this is the end times. When Revelation's picturing all this stuff happening in their time between Rome and all that, they're like, this is the end times. Uh, and so, yeah, sure, we're in the end times. We've been there ever since Jesus was resurrected. Um 2,000 years for the end times. So far, you know? And a lot of people look at Corona and they're like, this is it. And I'm like, this is far from being as, like, devastatingly evil outside as as some of the previous things that happened in Rome. <laughs> so if, if Rome wasn't so bad that God brought the end times, we still have a ways to go, in my opinion. Um, but then we still come back to this question, though, you know, like... 
if they thought that was the end times and Jesus saw the end times would be within a generation, what do we do with the fact that it didn't happen? And I have a answer that comes from uh, um, an interesting book put together by scholars across denominations, which is part of the reason I like it so much. It's, it's an agreed upon idea from people from different tracks of life. Yeah, it's a book called When the Son of Man... When the Son of Man Didn't Come. A Constructive Proposal on the Delay of the Parousia. In other words, uh, the, the Return of Christ. Uh, what, what would we say about the delay? It wasn't a generation. And their response, uh, which I actually enjoy very much, is they take us back throughout the Bible to look at prophetic words about timing, where they show up in other places. And when you do that, you actually find that uh, prophecy is not always as simple as just like, um, like if you speak it out about timing, it will exactly happen at that time. And and the reason is uh, expressed, especially with Jeremiah. So Jeremiah was his prophet. And one of the first things God did with Jeremiah was take him to uh, a guy working on some pottery. And he showed this guy working on pottery so Jeremiah watches that guy as he makes it. And after this guy makes a pot, God tells Jeremiah, Now look, just like that guy made a pot, I will make prophetic words. You will speak them out. But just like that guy has the ability to break the pot after he's made it, so I have the ability to break or change the prophetic word that I've created. Uh, in other words, just because it's stated doesn't mean that it has to happen. Now this is a change because... Before in the Old Testament, if you spoke a prophetic word and it didn't happen, you were considered a false prophet, right? That's, mm-hmm. I mean, that seems pretty logical. <laughs> you prophesied something would happen, it didn't happen, therefore you're a false prophet. But in Jeremiah, God starts to tweak the understanding of prophecy, saying like, no, look, I'm going to tell you to tell people to change or this will happen. When you speak that word out, if they actually change... I won't make the doom and gloom I prophesied happen because they they repented. However, if they don't live up to it, then I will take that prophetic word back. Uh, or sorry. Fulfill that. Yeah. So I'll, I'll fulfill it. The doom and gloom that I mentioned, if they didn't repent, I will go the distance and bring that about just like I prophesied. So think of other uh, prophetic stories where this happens. Where's a... There's a story in the Bible where someone says change or repent or this will happen, and they repent. Uh, the place that slaps people with fish. <laughs> Nineveh? Thank you. I was drawing a, drawing a blank on Jonah. it. Jonah, yeah. <laughs> Jonah of Ark, I think his name was. Uh, he slapped Slap people, people with, with fishes. <laughs> so she's quoting VeggieTales movie, yes, if you haven't seen it. They don't slap people with fishes, but in the movie it's... The most memorable line. <laughs> yeah, so Jonah, right? Jonah's told, go tell Nineveh to repent or they're going to have doom and gloom. Jonah goes and they actually repent and so doom and gloom doesn't happen. Kind of makes Jonah look like a false prophet, sort of, because he said it, it would, but it's the pottery. God made the prophetic word, humanity changed, and so he let it go. A lot of times people think that like prophetic words are just like, I've seen the future and this will happen exactly. Whereas God's like, I'm telling you what the future will be unless you and your own free will decide to make a a different choice. 
I think we can apply this to what Jesus said, personally. I know that's hard for a lot of people, but what if Jesus is like, hey, look, I'm coming back in 70 years. Jesus gets to heaven. <laughs> what if there is an alternate history that God had in mind where Jesus was legitimately going to come back in 70 years, but he didn't because God looked at the way things changed and thought, well... Maybe we'll give this more time. So I feel like the authors of this book say like, oh, we must have really messed up. Why hasn't God come back? I would wonder if it's the opposite. Uh, what if the church just kept expanding so much? Because look at where we are 2,000 years later. I mean, when you look across our country, there are so many churches just well, across, across the, the world, world. world, right? Thousands and thousands and thousands of churches everywhere. Like, it's not like Christianity didn't catch on. Despite all of its immense failures and everything, it's not like it failed entirely. And if Peter is like, God's waiting for more to get saved, well, I feel like when God looks out, he sees, they're still getting saved. This is what I wanted. Uh, even Revelation, like God does not step in to end things in Revelation until the world is completely unredeemable. Like, like in the times of Noah, there's only one guy left, you know? <laughs> well, wasn't there the, remind me of which story this was, but like where the prophet was bargaining with God saying, if I can find 50, if I can find oh, yeah. 30, if I can find 20, mm -hmm. if I can find 10, yeah. you know, what if you got to the 10 and there were actually 10 people? And God says what? For 10 people, I won't burn down Sodom and Gomorrah. Right. Right. He's talking to Abraham right there. So God like... We look at Abraham and Gomorrah. Abraham and Gomorrah. We look at Sodom and Gomorrah we're like, oh, God, so that doesn't have grace is how we feel. And then you look at that conversation right beforehand. If I can find 10 people in this giant city that are still righteous enough, then I'll hold out hope with you, Abraham. <laughs> I'll hope that this place can turn around. God's grace and hope is a lot higher than ours is as humanity. You know, we see... We see one thing happen in the world that makes us nervous. We're like, oh, the judgment of God and the end of the world is here. Burn Where, everything. Whereas God's like, I still see a lot of people that need to be saved. And there's enough free will out there. When I read where the world is headed, I still see a lot of space for people to get saved, depending on how humanity works. So I know it sounds kind of weird to say that. Maybe Jesus was going to come back in 70 years, but his plan just caught on so well that he didn't. But I'll say it. <laughs> like, I think from a biblical, theological understanding of what prophecy actually is, that we can actually propose the same idea as these scholars did and say, yeah, maybe, maybe God is still waiting because... Everything didn't implode at the time that that you would have thought. What if we were to say that the gospel is actually so powerful within the people who live it out that God continues to hope that the world can continue to see salvation? And that's why we're still waiting. Maybe that sounds ridiculous, or maybe I'm onto something. That I stole from someone else. Maybe they're onto something. 
Comment down below <laughs> with what your thought is. He's a heretic. Is Damon crazy? <laughs> Let us know. Uh, yeah. Do oh, you guys have any thoughts or anything else you want to add in? No, I actually kind of like that idea. Yeah. Uh, if you'd like to dive deeper into this conversation, I've written about it in two books. One is called Alien Theology, which is an intersection between science and faith. The other one's called The Rush and the Rest, which is the intersection between spiritual world and faith. <laughs> two very opposite books. Uh, but I've got audiobook codes for both of them. If you would like it, just comment below or go to our webpage, contact us. And we'll send you audiobook codes. Or, as Olivia would say, get on the... Discord. And there, you can um, just ask us for a code right there and chat with everybody else about these ideas. Okay, we'll talk with you there. Leave a comment down below, like, and subscribe. Oh, did we just end the whole episode? I, I guess we we're not coming back at the end. We just did it right there. I mean... Cue the credits! <laughs>